G'day and welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, episode number 57. Today, I'm talking to Blake Worrell-Thompson. So if you'd like to know more about living your life by design, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jacob Andre, and for over a decade, I've trained everyone from children to elite athletes to move better, feel better, and perform better. While a thorough understanding of fitness and nutrition is vital, underpinning that is mindset. And I've come to discover just how important it is I've worked with literally thousands of people, and more often than not, it's the ones who win the mind game who succeed in the big game. So, how do they do it? This is the Mind Your Body Podcast. Are you an athlete who wants to maximize your performance and succeed at the top level? Stop wasting time on generic programs. Get started with a two-week intro package today. Head to jacobandre.com to get started. J-A-C-O-B-A-N-D-R-E. AE.com and we'll link all that up in the show notes. Okay, so getting on to this week's testimony of the week, and this comes from Jasmine Hewitt, AFLW player with Adelaide Crows, also previously with Gold Coast. I worked with her in my time doing the remote coaching with the Crows and absolutely loved my time with this athlete of a person. Jazz is amazing. So Jazz says, before training with Jacob, I was struggling with awareness of running technique. I lacked an understanding of balance, load versus recovery, and how when to increase and decrease load for overall performance improvement. My sessions had less direction and were more on-the-spot training. Training with Jacob impacted the results I was getting through improved running technique, which resulted in better balance and speed. Thank you so much, Jasmine, for those kind words. And I am trying really hard to get Jasmine now that she's not playing uh, AFLW after coming back for a season and winning a grand final in that season she's now an airport fiery I really wanted to train her for 400s or 400 meter hurdles I reckon she'd be a cracking athlete and uh, go away and try a hand at some athletics all right so this week's comment of the week on Instagram is actually several you can get join the party on this by heading to Instagram and going to my account at Jacob underscore Andre. And in this one, this is a, a post from a late 2022, which was a lower body strength session. And in here, we've got a couple of comments from people. So it is Rao who says killer workout. Becky Taylor says going all right there, old boy, love seeing a coach walk their talk. Thank you very much. It's something that means a lot to me. I think you need to walk your talk. Um, as much as you possibly can. I uh, hear from Beckham Baker, former um, guest on the Mind Your Body show and up-and-coming superstar of a soccer player. This is a good one for footballers. Thank you. Thank you, Beckham. Um, this person here, the king of Leros, perfect depth. Yes, definitely need to have nice, good depth in those ass-to-grass squats. Not that you need to be doing that all the time. However, in this video, I was. And then lastly, Christos, forms on point. Thank you, Christos. I appreciate your acknowledgement there of my form with my squats and getting deep for a guy who's 39, nearly 40. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably be 40. All right. So moving on to this week's episode with Blake Worrell Thompson. Blake is actually someone who was a writer for one of the uh, national um, health magazines in Australia. I'm not sure which one it was. It might've been men's health. Um, I come across him on Instagram. He was more into fitness stuff. Now he's a bit more into the lifestyle side of things. Hence the topic here, living your life by design. He has a program which is all about living your life by design. You can check him out on Instagram by looking up Blake Worrell Thompson and uh, checking out his program and applying even for his one-on-one coaching if you would like to. But we talked 
in this episode a lot of woo-woo stuff. So woo-woo stuff is a bit more spiritual without it being like it's not religious type stuff. It's a bit more universal, you know, unit the universe, I don't know, like energies and things like that. So we talked a little bit of woo-woo. I really love that we could um, relate on that. Uh, breaking your year up, which is a concept I've heard of previously, and I really liked Blake's take on that. So sort of breaking your year up into seasons or what Blake does is to do like a 10-week block type thing and then take a holiday or take a break from work. I think that is really smart to do. It's kind of what athletes do um, in terms of periodization, and I think that every person can do that with their life. Um, he talks about how he lives his life by design and how you can too, morning routines and his mammoth five-hour morning routine, which is crazy, which obviously as a single father of four, it's not something that I have the luxury of getting, but something that Blake himself acknowledges is probably not going to be possible for forever. And maybe if he has kids soon, he's probably not going to be able to do that five-hour routine. But the importance of routines, nonetheless, regardless of how long those morning routines are. We talk about self-care, your why, and understanding your why and being connected with your why. Men's business um, is very big, I believe. Plant medicine, which is really interesting. And something that you don't really hear two blokes talk about too often, and that is love. And I absolutely loved talking about love with Blake. So without any further ado, Let's get into it. Blake Worrell Thompson. Blake, welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. Jacob, good to be here, my friend. Well, I am going to start with the same question we ask everybody at the beginning, and that is, what did we interrupt in your day today? Mate, uh, you actually didn't interrupt a huge amount because this is kind of perfect for me um, in terms of a lot of podcasting at, uh, at the moment. Um, for our own podcast, uh, while I was in Thailand, I was in Thailand for six weeks and we did a big kind of reach out the first week of January, actually, and a lot of people came back. So I'm doing probably between 10 and 15 podcasts a week at the moment, um, which I really enjoy doing. And we actually got our podcast sorted till um, the end of July in terms of recordings and interviews, mate. So this slides straight into uh, what's, what's keeping me busy at the moment. Perfect timing. What's the name of your podcast? The Momentum Lifestyle Project. So I've got my own coaching business um, and then with my best mate, we've got a men's coaching business as well. So uh, what are we? I think about 75 episodes in um, and getting really cool people on, which, you know, as a, as a podcaster yourself, you'll understand. Just love having, you know, good epic conversations, networking with, you know, really interesting people and learning um, and then being able to, you know, provide that platform to our listeners who can also learn and, and grow from um, all our uh, all the all our guests that come onto it. Yeah, you mentioned a word just then, networking, and I think that's a really key word because the reason, and I'd love to know why you started your podcast, but the reason why I started was I was having these amazing conversations with these amazing people, and I thought this would be so cool to share this, and so. I then started the podcast to try to share them. But then what I found was that I was then reaching out to people that I wouldn't otherwise have access to, usually through Instagram. And people are more than happy to come on and chat. And it, it, like I love hearing people's stories. And it's, it's such a great way to network. I on, honestly think it's the way of networking in mm. you know, 2023. Mate, I love it. it, it it's... Um... And I just love, you know, similar to you, if you're in this space, I just love, 
you know, equal parts learning and equal parts growing, you know, and equal parts networking. And there's so much for us to learn from everyone. And again, you know, it, it might seem a bit strange to reach out on, you know, Instagram and just like, can we have a chat? As opposed to actually having some kind of tool, being a podcast, to get them on, have a chat, you know, get to know them better and um, network that way. So, mate, I love podcasting and, you know, I'm in a fortunate position where it plays a really, you know, good part of uh, my life in conjunction with coaching and, and the programs that I run as well. So I feel very fortunate to have this, you know, nice balance of podcasting and coaching and programs. Yeah, yeah. So what is some of your favourite podcasts that you like to listen to outside of your own? Personally, for me, James Wedmore's one is one I really like. He's in sort of business coaching. He's a little bit woo-woo. Um, but what's one for you? Mate, I'll have to follow up on that one because I haven't heard of it. And if it's a bit woo-woo and a bit business, I'm I'm all in. Um, there's there's a few for me. I really like um, The Diary of the CEO, Stephen Bartlett, um, who's getting a lot of good traction. Big fan of Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus, um, Chris Williamson with Modern Wisdom. There are probably four or five that I really like. And I think for me now, um, because, you know, I guess I kind of take my, my own podcasting quite seriously, I'm looking at little things that they do that make a podcast and an experience better. Um, you know, and I guess something that I pride myself on and, and want to constantly deliver on is asking better questions for these people that come on. And, you know, Chris Williamson, for me, probably at the moment, along with Joe Rogan, those are the two guys that, you know, I think ask the best questions and are really, really in it. Um, you know, there's some other podcasts that I like. Um, you know, I, I don't mind the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. That there's a couple of parts of the way his interviewing style that doesn't resonate with me completely. Um, but, mate, anything kind of business, mindset, health, wealth, woo-woo, um, I'm generally kind of, of interest in it. Yeah, well, the James Wedmore one that I just mentioned, it's actually called the Mind Your Business Pit podcast. And right. my title, the Mind Your Body Show, is a version of that, like, a you know, um, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And mm. so I actually met him in 2015 and went over to Laguna for an online uh, workshop. And there's a whole bunch of manifestation that went even into that trip. And then the stuff that came from that was amazing. Uh, but like we went out surfing together in Laguna Beach and so he's just a phenomenal guy. And if you're into a little bit of woo-woo and you're open to that stuff, then you will love the stuff that he's talking about. Mate, I'm deep in the woo-woo. So I've just written it down actually here. I'll, uh, I'll be tracking it down after this podcast. Let, let's, okay, so you say I'm deep in the woo-woo. Can you explain woo-woo for anyone that doesn't really understand it and tell me a bit more about how you're deep into it? Yeah, so woo-woo... <laughs> <laughs> Myself and my girlfriend are big on it. She's got a podcast as well. Um, What's that one called? Uh, called Hey Sunshine. Yep. Um, so we're big on it. And it's really kind of a mix of, you know, spirituality, magic, mystic. Um, you know, even for me, psychedelics plays a big part in my life um, as I kind of expand consciousness and, and heal my own ways of being. Um but to, yeah, I guess to kind of describe, because people would call me woo-woo and I don't even know how best to describe it. Um, and, but just the, I guess the alternative, you know, is probably the simplest way to describe it. Um, and the way that I, I guess, do life, the way that I think, 
you know, is the norm for me now and, and especially the type of people that I surround myself with. But if you're looking at the way I do things from the outside, you'd probably say it's pretty woo. And I guess, you know, there's a number of things and reasons that people would um, categorise one as woo, but, you know, I'm pretty open in, um, you know, talking about kind of psychedelics. You know, my girlfriend loves kind of angel cards, you know, we live in Byron Bay, you know, probably a number of reasons that you could kind of categorise us as woo. Um, but again, this is just our environment and these are the type of people that we surround ourselves with and, um, you know, we love doing life this way, so I can't kind of ever imagine, I guess, going back to doing life the way that I used to do it. Yeah, yeah. So are you into manifestation and anything like that? I'm, I, I, I am. So my business partner is a um, meditation teacher and obviously my girlfriend's really big on kind of the manifestation. It's probably one area that I actually don't feel that skilled in for, for kind of mindset and the, um, I guess in terms of my own learnings and my own research, I do a lot of research, like more than anyone I know. Um, but the manifestation is something that I feel under equipped in and Interestingly, I'm going to do a fair bit of it in, in Q3 this year. So I kind of break my year up into quarters. Um, Q2 being very trauma and nervous system based and then Q3 being manifestation. So there will be a lot of research from my side of things coming into kind of the manifestation in the second half of the year. That, again, oh man, this is starting to already blow my mind a little bit. So can you please explain in a bit more detail why you break your year up like that into quarters? Yeah, so so my whole year runs almost like a school year in terms of 10 weeks on, two weeks off, 10 weeks on, two weeks off. So for me, my programs that I run are 10 weeks. I've got three at the one time going at the moment. And it really, for me, is a good period of time to go hard for the 10 weeks and then have two weeks off. And often in those two weeks, I'll go away by myself for a week and just kind of have downtime and think about what's working, what's not, what I want to change. And then Shani, my partner, and I will go away for a week and, you know, have another week to kind of freshen up before we start Q2. So, you know, within each week, I've actually got it here, actually. I'll just put it in front. Just those that are listening won't be able to see anything. But essentially, this is my my 10-week habit tracker. So I've got, you know, my own kind of themes and goals that I'm really focusing on for the 10 weeks. Um, which are reassessed every week, but really in terms of a big review is done at the end of Q1. And, you know, for me, the the big part of, and I guess my message is life by design. You know, how do you want to design your life? And that requires you to break away from the one standard protocol of how life is done and really start to kind of think about how you want to do life. And for me, 10 weeks on, two weeks off, 10 weeks on, you know, and having, what, eight weeks of holidays a year and 10-week blocks is my life by design at this stage of my life. So, you know, I feel so fortunate to have, um, I guess, broken away from, you know, the the traditional and the one way of doing life and created the one that I want for me. Yeah, it's so funny that you said that because Lewis Howes, I've heard him talk about it and you mentioned his podcast earlier. And he talks about breaking your life up into seasons. And it's kind of similar to how like an athlete, an elite athlete would be breaking their training program up and periodizing it. And so I am a teacher by trade, was teaching PE, left that, started doing fitness full time. 
And then I realized after a couple of years, like two years of doing it, that I'd actually created the same thing as what you do in school. And it was exactly that. It was 10 weeks on, two weeks off every single time. And I was like, all I've done is just created my own version of school. But it works really, really well. I like it. Mate, I love it. And, and again, you know, one of the things that I'm really big on is finding what works for you. Do you know what I mean? Like if I go more than 10 weeks and I'm mindful that this could be a placebo, um, if I go for more than 10 weeks, I feel like I'm running on the spot, you know, in terms of I'm not giving much anyway. So I might as well take two weeks off, freshen up, and then I come back with my cut four and I'm good to go. So if I really put in 10 weeks is about my bandwidth before I need a bit of a break to freshen up, because I'm not like, I'm no good to me, but more importantly, I'm no good to anyone else once I get to that point of like, you know, a half full cup. And I find it interesting, equal parts interesting, equal parts kind of sad of, of how many of us are running on an empty cup or giving from like a three-quarter empty cup. You know, like I always want to be giving from a full cup and, you know, if life was perfect, that'd be the case and I have my moments as well. But, you know, the big thing for me is to be of service and in order to be of service, I need to be fit for service and in order to be fit for service, I need to be good mentally, emotionally, energetically, spiritually, you know, I need to constantly be evolving and working on my own shit in order to be able to prov- provide a better service and to be a better me. So, you know, in order to, to freshen up and to be fit for service, it's not just about me. It's it's about being able to be better for everyone else. Yeah. So you're kind of alluding to it. So it's a perfect segue into my next question, which is how do you mind your body? Like what do you do outside of breaking your year up like that in order to be the best that you can be physically and men- mentally, emotionally and spiritually and so on. Mate, the list is long, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm, I'm in a really fortunate position where my morning routine is generally about five hours from 5am and I don't actually start work till 10. And no doubt when I have kids um, in the next couple of years, that'll probably change. But I really get to, you know, tick all my boxes um, when it comes to my values before I even start my day. You know, so I get up at 5am meditation, journaling, generally train for a couple of hours, you know, nutrition, um, spend a bit of time connecting with my partner, do some reading, and then I start my day. So by the time I actually start my day, all of my top six values have been touched on. And, you know, for me, one of the best things that you can do for yourself mentally is really have a deep understanding of what your values are. And what I've found is that, you know, working with probably about over 500 people over the last three years is that like if I say what are your values people generally go oh it's this this and this and on a lot of occasions they're not actually their values they're society's values or they're the values of the immediate group that they're part of and that is one of the reasons that's you know a lot of people struggle with their own kind of state of mind is because they're living someone else's values society's values they're living by, you know, expectations that, you know, other people are putting on them, the parents are putting on them, as opposed to going like, what is it that I want? And how do I start to formulate and create that for myself? And it seems like a simple question, what do you want? But you'd be amazed how many people struggle to answer that question. You know, if I ask them, like, what is it that you want? They're like, oh, I know what I don't want. And I'm like, well, cool. Okay, let's start there. 
What is it that you don't want? And then we can start to work towards what you want. But a lot of people don't know what they want, which makes it really hard to create that life by design for themselves. Yeah. So for me, I've always said it's like family. And I know that's a very societal thing, especially if you are a parent. And so I've always found it easier to just go, yeah, family is number one. But I had a really eye-opening experience in the middle of July of 2022. I was on a holiday to the Gold Coast and I was with my kids and I realized, and I actually did, I contacted an intuitive healer that I knew and I I just had this real urge. I needed to do something. I needed to contact her. Um, Funnily enough, she actually sent me a message on Facebook Messenger saying she needed to chat. So I was sort of thinking about it for a few days and then all of a sudden she's reached out to me. So I said, hey, I want to, you know, like do some stuff. So we did a Zoom coaching call, went for like over two hours. And she helped me realize that travel was actually my number one value ahead of family and if I actually started because I hadn't traveled a lot in the last since 2019 and if I started to incorporate more regular travel into my life it would help me to be a better father Mm. teacher coach friend everything and so my question though is how can you incorporate travel into your life if that's your like number one value it's it's so interesting so The word selfish for most people comes with a negative connotation. I can totally understand and see why. So what I generally get people to do instead of um, thinking about how they can be selfish and and have their own needs met is think about kind of self-care. And self-care, really, a big part of that is working out what your values are and and being able to fulfil them. So the way that I'll often speak to people around this is understanding that when you're not your best – you're not actually that good or to the level that you could be for other people. So in order to be the best, you do need to fill your own cup. And again, people, you know, especially mothers, and I'm sure you can kind of understand this, like a lot of mothers, you know, there's this conditioning and programming that we're starting to um, collapse, but essentially up until recent times, the pinnacle for a mother, which is mind-blowing to think that we went through this for so long, was to be the most selfless person that they could be for partner kids and, like, sacrifice their own sense of self and what they want in order to give, you know, to everyone else. And, you know, a big part for me when helping them break away from that condition is, like, again, what do you want? Is it travel? Is it going to the gym? And, again, you know, if we're talking about relationships and if I'm working with a couple, having them understand that each person is going to be better for you when they've got their own cup full, everyone wins. And again, like I'm going to have to shorten my morning routine when I have kids, no doubt. But like if I get my needs, my own needs met by myself first thing in the morning, then I'm better for my partner. I'm better for my like clients. I'm better for my business partner. So it's really important to understand from a self-care point of view, like what do you need and how do you get those needs met? And often, how can you meet them yourself? You know, and I'm in a really fortunate position where, you know, I don't need, albeit I love the people in my world, but I don't need them to fulfill a wound or a trigger or a trauma or a need within myself. I just go and get my own needs met. And then I'm better for everyone else. So it's important to be able to understand how and where that fits. Um, you know, and for you, travel, being so attuned to yourself to go, you know, something's feeling off. 
and then, you know, having a look at your hierarchy and going, well, fuck, of course it's off. I haven't travelled for nine months. You know, I feel a bit stuck. I feel a bit rigid. I feel a bit flat. And then working out how you get that need met. Yeah, yeah. So we're actually planning a, a holiday to Canada at the end of the year for Christmas, yes, for a white yeah. Christmas to go snowboarding. So that's part of it, like having stuff up around the house, you know, like pictures of Canada, the flag, you know, things mm. like that. Um, and then just starting to book things and, and do all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. I can't wait. We'd absolutely love to go to Bali in April, though, for my 40th birthday. So we'll see if how that's good. possible with Canada. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So how... So you're very, you're very, very well-rounded, what it seems, individual. And you're at what looks like a very good place in your life. How did you end up where you are now? Tell me about the Blake story. I haven't always been in a good place, trust me. So um, I'll give you I'll, – I'll quickly summarise the first half and then I'll, I guess, go into a bit more detail in the last few years. So – for my, my, the, from a childhood point of view, it was super challenging is probably the best way to describe it, um, and really dysfunctional. And obviously everyone's doing their best, but I wouldn't really wish upon anyone the home environment that I had. And what I would uh, wish upon people is if you can find a way to turn that pain into a passion, it becomes super, um, super viable you know, in terms of my motivation, my why and the way that I do life and the motivation that I have for it is really a big by- byproduct of my upbringing. So in that part, I'm super grateful for what I went through because I get to live a super um, passionate and motivated life. But, you know, to, to kind of speak, I guess, to the second stage is I spent 15 years in the health and fitness space um, as a personal trainer, which again absolutely loved for 14 out of the 15 years and it was within the kind of last year that it just died within me it was time to kind of move on and you know essentially close the doors and it wasn't long after this that I actually filed for bankruptcy and filing for bankruptcy again in the moment was the worst possible thing that could possibly happen to me but it also became the the catalyst for me doing insane and intense amount of deep work to work out how I am, who I am, how I got into a position of bankruptcy and just dive deep into mindset, human behavior, positive psychology, everything, you know, around it. So it really became the catalyst for me in this work, you know, and um, was the timing of it was really perfect in terms of I was starting to kind of feel a bit dead and soulless in the, the health and fitness space and, you know, filed for bankruptcy, closed the business down. And in that next 18 months was by far the toughest 18 months of my life. And it just, you know, I thought bankruptcy was bad um, and most people would probably agree with me, but that was literally just the tip of the iceberg and everything that could go wrong for a 15-month period, went wrong. You know, I got hired and fired from three jobs. You know, I applied for over 50 jobs and got rejected. Um, My girlfriend, you know, um, uh, broke up with me. My car blew up. My computer got stolen. I found myself, like, directionless, purposeless, without any kind of money to my name. You know, and I got to a point where I was like, you know, and, and feeling super lonely because I was going through a transition as a, as a person as well and, and feeling like the people that used to be in my world didn't necessarily resonate anymore. 
And I just felt like the universe was stripping me apart to like bare basics. And I remember saying to my business partner, who wasn't my business partner at the time, we're just good friends. I was like, mate, I don't know what, like, I don't know what else I've got. Like, I, I don't have money, car, friends, direction, anything, but at least I feel like I've got my mental and physical health. And God bless him, there was absolutely no way that I had my mental health at that stage. He didn't say anything. And the week after that, I actually ended up in hospital with what they thought was meningococcal. And that was when, you know, I finally, I, I used to think it was giving up and I really struggled with giving up that kind of, you know, that probably almost unhealthy masculine energy of like, don't give up. But really, you know, four years on now, I, I, I'm, I look at it more of like surrendering, of like, all right, I surrender. I'm going to stop fighting. Show me what you need to show me. And the moment that I finally surrendered, I, I hit the rock bottom with hospital, but it was only, I think, five days after that that this idea of the men's business came to me and I reached back out to that guy who I'd spoken of before. He's like, fuck it, let's give it a crack. And then six weeks later, we had our first event in Sydney. So in the 15 months where shit hit the fan, it was also the fastest 15 months to the best position I've ever been in my life. So we started the men's business. And for me, at that rock bottom, and if anyone's been there, I'm sure they can attest to it, the thought of starting a business on my own, I was like, fuck, you know, I'm exhausted. I can't do this again. So it was really good to be able to bring him in and, and work on it together. But as I said, as, as the 15-month capitulation, it was also 15 months and I was back like better than I've ever been. You know, the business started to take off. I started to run my own coaching business. You know, we moved to Byron Bay and we're just having the fucking time of our life. And it was wild that just how quickly my life completely disintegrated to pretty much the same period of time and I was absolutely up and about. So um, that's a long-winded way of telling you, you know, where I've got to now. And, you know, coming up July, June this year, we've been in Byron Bay for three years and, you know, never felt better. So um, there's plenty of good to come from what was a pretty challenging time. So what, what year did that difficult time start and then when did that finish? What years are we talking about? Yeah, it was 2000 and I want to say, yeah, it was 2018. So because uh, I actually got a, a memory come up uh, a few days ago. So it was 2018. I bottomed out September 2019. And then the climb from September 2019 to now all happened really quickly. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to say some really probably whacked stuff here for a it. moment. So um, excuse me for a second, but there's, there's an Instagram channel called Forever Conscious and mm. the lady's name is Tanaz and she's an Australian, but she lives in LA. And around that same time, I so my um, partner and I, had been together for 10 years and 10 days from the day we met to the day we got married. After being together for 10 years, seven months later, we broke up. So that's like crazy. Most people are like, what? Why would you even get married? There was nothing wrong. Like there was maybe some stuff, but nothing that would make you think you're going to break up, either of us. Mm. And that all happened. We got married in 
June of 2018 and it all fell apart towards the end of the started to little cracks started to appear at the end of the year. We renovated our house in November of 2018 and then in February of 2019, we had a rip-roaring argument and it never went back the same ever again. And eventually that February of 2019 through to August when she moved out um, was a very, very difficult period. And so she she left, she moved um, interstate and I kept our four kids. And it's just, it is what it is. It's just that by her words, she had a bit of a midlife crisis. Um, again, they're her words. And um, she just wanted to go off a different path. So mm. um, yeah, it is what it is. But that, I, you know, you're trying to make sense of your world um, when something big like that happens, like a bankruptcy, a breakup, whatever. And I ended up, looking stuff up i was looking for i knew that there was people out there that were kind of like these intuitive um forecasters and uh like so like universal forecasters so they're like reading the weather but they would tell you the weather based on the alignment of the planets so i kind of already having a little bit of woo-woo side to my brain sort of started looking this stuff up came across this youtube channel called forever conscious and then um connected with her then on instagram and everything there was a whole bunch of stuff if as I was going through that in 2019, you could see, again, I can hear myself saying this, it's going to sound crazy, but the universe was like pulling things apart. There were so many people who went through breakups in that 2019 period, some in 2018, some still in 2020, and it happens all the time. But Mm. I bet there would be so many listeners out there that know people that broke up sometime around that 2019 period, Mm. um, slightly either side of that or some major life transition has occurred like a bankruptcy or some health concern, whatever it might be. And then everything started to come back together. And she like, I don't want to make out like she's Nostradamus, but she essentially kind of predicted COVID. She's very, very modest, this girl, mm. but she was saying, you know, this is there's something big's going to happen. It's on a global level, blah, blah, blah. This was like 2019. And then mm. of course it hit, China, I think in November of 2019 and then Australia 2020. And then she kind of was sort of then saying this should start to end around May of 2022, which essentially it kind of did. So I actually yeah. believe that there's there was something that was kind of pulling things apart. Things needed to be burned to the ground in order for them mm. to grow back again. Mm. It's interesting you say that. I, I don't know. Again, I, I've... I've got a lot of friends around me, a lot of our good girlfriends who are big on astrology and human design and, you know, all those um, different uh, ways of thinking, I guess, and being and modalities. Um, And my understanding is that this year will also be one of those years. Um, A lot of those people have said the same thing, that this is one of the years where anything that's like bullshit will essentially be called out or burnt down to the ground and just the like the legit stuff will be standing so it'll be interesting to see you know whether it's a, a whether you find yourself in a you know a bullshit relationship whether you're showing up on social media not as your true self you know whatever it might be that all of that will get cleaned out this year as well so We'll have to check in this time next year and see if uh, if that comes to fruition as well. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. So what do you think was the lesson in your difficult time? Mate, the, the, the simplest, well, I'll go the bankruptcy and then I'll go that 15 months. The, 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 the simplest way to answer the bankruptcy is a complete lack of awareness 
and a out of control ego is probably the two best ways to describe it. And then for me now, you know, I turn two of those challenges into strengths. And I've, you know, we've all got an ego and you never get rid of the ego, but having a healthy relationship with the ego is a really big part for me and it's a work in progress. Um, and I actually do a fair bit of kind of plant medicine, which is notorious for kind of helping uh, level out the ego. So that's a big one. And, and for me, you know, awareness is the superpower. You know, you can't do much without real good awareness. So, you know, off the, the back of the bankruptcy in particular, I've spent a lot of time doing awareness and a lot of time reflecting. And I think, you know, obviously you're into personal development. If I look at my, you know, let's say I, I started, you know, showing interest in personal development from 18 and it was about 33 when the shit hit the fan. Most of my, I guess, quote unquote, personal development in that first 15 years really came from consuming content and other people's information. And when the bankruptcy happened, the, the, the script really flipped into me starting to be more aware of myself and master self. So if, if the first 15 years was knowledge mastery, you know, and learning from all the, the, the greats around the world and the amazing thought leaders. The last four years has really been about self-mastery, you know, paying attention to my thoughts, my beliefs, my behaviours, addictive tendencies, things like that. And, you know, while I think there's room for both and I think it's important to have both, I, having spent, you know, 20 years now in the personal development game, am more inclined to encourage people to spend more time on self-mastery than knowledge mastery. Mm, yeah, Interesting. And so that 15-month period, how has that set you up now for where you're at? Yeah. It, it's, I mean, I did a post actually on this on, on social media yesterday. For me, it was really, there's, there's a term called the dark night of the soul, which um, for a lot of people is when their whole world crumbles in order to rebirth what is true and aligned for them. And you know, I mentioned this yesterday on the post, like had I known what I was going through, it would have made it a lot, I'll, I'll say safer because it literally was, I was very close to kind of pulling the pin on life. But, you know, what it set me up for is what needed to be burnt down in order for the new to come through. And again, you know, if I had someone, you know, all I needed was one person there or one person to explain to me what I was going through. And they'd just be like, hey, dude, you're just going through a dark night of the soul. Everything's going to fucking burn down in the ground and the new year's going to be born. And it, it had to happen. You know, there was, you know, in hindsight, nothing was aligned. And um, I think if most people were really sit in, you know, stillness and silence and solitude and sit with their own thoughts, they'd probably have the same kind of noise that, that not much is aligned. And that's, you know, one of the reasons a lot of people keep themselves busy is because they don't want to, you know, face the truth. And um, it sucks that it had to go to that level. But in, you know, in the same breath, it also, you know, and in hindsight and now at the other side, mate, like, I'm stoked that it all got burnt down. It had to, you know. So, um you know, that, that, that's a big part. And I think for me, being able now to be 
the support person as a lot of these people go through this transition is amazing because it's what, you know, so often what we teach is what we needed at the time. And all I needed then was someone by my side to be able to hold space properly and just to like support me. And again, you know, everyone's doing the best they can with what they got. That was, you know, that was, there was a lot of things that, that were pretty heavy, but the hardest thing was probably going through that and feeling like I was alone in that. And, you know, I never want anyone to go through that. And I, I never want anyone to, um, sorry, not allow anyone to go through that on their own. And I don't want anyone to not understand it because it got dark. It got really dark. And it, you know, I, I did have, you know, the, the darkest of thoughts, albeit briefly of like, you know, is this, is this worth it? And, you know, I don't, uh, you know, as you, you, I'm sure you're aware, the biggest killer of men under 45 is, is suicide. I just want to be the person or a person who can support people through the transition and, and support them into being a better version of themselves. And, you know, for a lot of people, they don't have that person. Yeah. Well, thankfully for me, I never got to that point mentally, but it was um, a difficult time. And it's one that now when I reflect on in hindsight, I'm so grateful for that experience. What's the one thing that you would say to someone and you work with these people in your business? What's, what's the one thing that you would say to someone that's going through that right now where everything's burning to the ground? It's hard to keep it to one thing, but <laughs> oh, feel free to go say ten things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few things. I think the the, um, the big thing is, you know, one of the big things was just just like how do you win the day? Because the thought of the future is can be really challenging at times. And I used to think, you know, people talking about a bleak future was a metaphor until I saw the bleak future I was like oh this isn't a metaphor this is legit and it was a case of like when I was in it and my mind would wander the future and it was so bleak and pixelated and gray and I couldn't like see anything I was like holy fuck this ain't a metaphor this is legit so for me it was a case of like how do I just win the day you know and that was a case of understanding my values and just like win the day win the day so that was a really big piece. And, you know, I guess the thing that I was missing that I would encourage everyone to have and to be that person is to be the person who really understands what deep listening looks like and to allow people to feel safe, seen and supported. And I think, you know, if you can develop that superpower, your connections will go to a new level because not a huge amount of people, one, have that type of person in their life and not a lot of people are that person. You know, I remember a statistic, uh, it was an American statistic, but it was 40% of Americans resonate with the statement, no one truly sees me. Mm. Four out of 10 people have no one in their life that truly sees them. Like, as of all the statistics I've heard in my years, that is as heartbreaking as any. You know, to think that life is challenging, like it is. Um, and to have to do it on your own is, is, is fucked, is really hard. And I, I don't wish that upon anyone. So those would be a couple of things that um, I guess really stand out for me. And, you know, again, it, it's easy now on the other side and living my best life to like smile and say how good it is that I went through that. But when you're in it, it, it fucking sucks, you know. And, and yeah. I guess one of the most frustrating 
statement someone could make to you is one that I actually made to myself and it is how is this happening for me not to me and again if someone said that to me at the time when I was in it I'd be like go fuck yourself I do not need that statement right now but for me to say it to myself and just to keep coming back to like how is this happening for me how is this happening for me was one of the statements that I just carried with me through that you know 15 month period yeah, and you mentioned your girlfriend a couple of times, and so she's come into your life, and it sounds like she's had a profound impact. She's what amazing. does she mean to you now? Mate, she's she uh, – every time I speak about her, I get emotional. Um, just because she's – you know, I've done all the coaching, I've done all the modalities, you know, I've done a lot of work, but no one – and nothing could heal me quite the way that she has. And it's just a it's, a, it's a love that I'd love everyone to experience, you know, and, and I've been fortunate to be in some really kind of beautiful relationships. And this, this is what I've been missing all my life, you know, even from my, my upbringing. And again, my parents did the best that they could, but this is, you know, this is the love that I hope every child feels, you know, let alone being in an intimate relationship. And, the, the the level of purity in the love and the environment that we've created for our relationship just allows us to be ourselves and just to go and chase whatever it is that we want to chase in life. And um, again, you know, it sounds obvious, like you want to be in a relationship where you can be yourself, but, you know, working with a lot of couples and speaking to a lot of people, it's not that common. So there's a real liberation and freedom that comes in the relationship and I think you know if we're all to kind of really tune into what we want liberation and freedom would be quite high for a lot of people I want to feel liberated I want to feel free I want to be myself and I want to be loved for who I am you know and you know the core of all of us we all do you know we all want to be loved for just who we are um and that's that for me is an inspiration every day and it, it drives me even more to want to be better you know for her you know we've got a little saying for me for you for us like what we do you know i'm doing a lot for i'm doing it for me i'm doing it for her and i'm doing it for us and it just continues to drive me and make me you know more passionate every day and you know again more passionate for me for her for us so um mate she's yeah she's been an absolute godsend that's awesome. And uh, I believe that she's the universe has sent it to you exactly when you needed it, her. Yeah, mate, yeah. And, you know, I, I was talking about this on our podcast last week. Like, I wish everyone could experience what I've experienced over the last 18 months. You know, I wish there were however many millions and billions of, of Shani Tims that could um, nourish relationships the way that she's nourished me in our relationship. It's just been unbelievable. So, yeah, I feel I feel super fortunate and blessed, and you know, it, it's easy to kind of throw around those terms in that in that honeymoon period, you know, in the early stages of a relationship. Um, but even eighteen months on, you know, there's still such a deep gratitude for her and what we've created and and the person that she is, and you know, just the the way that she's you know so heart centered and does life is just so inspiring. Um, and something that even, you know, for me, I really aspire to, to come more back into my body and more into my heart. And no one does it better than, you know, my girlfriend. 
So what about, let's go through a sliding doors type moment. What about if she came into your life earlier? Would you not want that? Are you glad she's come now and not earlier or maybe not later? Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. I've, I've always wanted her um, in terms of the, the love that she, she gives and the person that she is. But I also don't think that I – the work that I did between my last relationship and this allowed me to be the person that attracted her. So often, you know, so often people are like, I want to find the perfect partner. It's like, well, and perfect is such an interesting word. So quote, unquote, you know, I'll put it in, in quotes. But like, what about you doing the work to be the perfect partner? Do you know what I mean? People just like, oh, I want the perfect partner. Cool. You've got a lot of work to do yourself, as we all do. So, you know, between the last relationship and this, I did a huge amount of work on myself and a huge amount of work on understanding what it takes to be a good partner and create a good relationship. And there's only a couple of people that saw just the amounts of work that I did, you know, one of them being my business partner. And, you know, for that reason, exactly as you said, the universe, um, I guess, rewarded me for, you know, the work that I'd done and the healing and the growth that I needed to go through in order to attract someone like this. And, you know, if we, we take it back five years, she was a fair party girl and I, I was a bit of a dick so it wouldn't have been right timing um, if it was any earlier and, you know, who knows what it could have looked like if it was any later. But, um, you know, as, as you're aware, like the universe, you know, is, is perfect in its timing, you know, whether we can see it in the moment or not. And for that reason, you know, the timing was, the timing was spot on. I'm so glad you touched on that because I think it is so important that you do meet at the right time and so because things might not work out the way they're meant to be. Um, I, I also think that the universe will show you, give you what you need um, and continue to put it in front of you until you pay attention. There's, mm. I come across this, um, and it may not be manifestation, call it what you want, but there's this manifestation type story of, you know, if you're going to, if you're finishing high school and you're going to apply for universities, and let's just say University of Queensland, one of the um, big, biggest universities in Australia, and you're applying and you really want to get into this university, um, UQ, like, Instead of trying to manifest, instead of manifesting getting into UQ, what it was suggesting was manifest um, the right university for you because mm. University of Queensland might not be the right university for you in terms of your later in life type stuff where you mm. might need, you know, you might need to go to QUT, Queensland University of Technology, where you need to, because that's where you're going to meet your future husband or wife. Um, doesn't mean that it won't happen. The universe might put it there in, in front of you at some point later on in life. You end up going to UQ. It just delays meeting that person and maybe they just come for a, a one day um, and you run into each other. But I'm so fascinated with sliding doors that that's why I bring it up. And I'm glad that mm. you say that because I do think that timing is everything and doing the work so that you are at the – to in order – like you said, you needed to – work on yourself she needed to do stuff with herself so that when you did meet it was the right time for the both of you for you yeah. for me for us i love it <laughs> yeah but use it yeah it, it's yeah but we're super fortunate and you know a lot of what we do in the world that we've created is just this good bubble that we just want to keep quite you know insular in terms of 
our environment. And, and I'm really big on that. And I think, you know, with each year that goes by, I'm getting bigger on just setting really healthy boundaries to protect us and to protect our energy and to protect our inner circle. And, you know, we're very fortunate. We've got a lot of really good people around us and a lot of people on a similar path and page, you know, there's across our, you know, three programs, there's over a hundred people who are all wanting to grow and be better and, you know, kind of heal together. So um, despite, you know, I guess having really good reach for, you know, people, like-minded people, we are still very protective of our energy and, you know, and who comes into our inner circle and protecting, you know, the, the love and the energy that we've got. So um, that's a big bit as well. Yeah. You mentioned plant medicine. How much can you talk about that? Because I'm really interested in this. Mate, I can talk about it a lot. Um, I'm obviously mindful of the uh, logistics, in particular in Australia, of plant medicine. Um, but for me, it's played a massive role. You know, I've tried a lot of different plant medicine. I think I probably had 20, 20 to 25 different journeys across kind of ayahuasca, San Pedro, MDMA therapy, mushrooms, you know, going to do a thing called Bufo quite soon, 5-MeO-DMT, um, you know, even things like Vipassana, 10-day silent meditation retreat. Um, there's a lot that I've tried, and, and for a number of reasons. One, obviously, the healing modalities and the, and the research that's behind it, it's like second to none. Um, uh, two, because I love a good kind of adventure and trying a new experience. And three, because I don't think from an integrity point of view, it's okay for me to um, recommend something to a client that I haven't been and done myself. So, mate, they've all played a big role and they've all been so different in terms of their experience. Um, and for me, I've probably had, you know, over 250 therapy sessions across different modalities as well, whether it's NLP, hypnosis, energetic work, you know, psychology, psychotherapy, you know, whatever it might be. And the plant medicine just becomes a really valuable add-on and often a, like, fast growth healing expansion to your answer. You know, sometimes, you know, in a recent ceremony, something that I wasn't able to get to the bottom of for probably close to 20 years came up in ceremony in the first two minutes. I was like, fuck, that reminds me of the power of this thing. So I think there's, there's room for both. Um, we're at a really interesting time and, you know, without kind of getting too political of what these plants and medicine can do and whether, you know, Big Pharma thinks it's a good idea. Um, all of this stuff came up in the 60s and 70s and it was shut down. And I have my challenging beliefs around Big Pharma. I think they've got a place, but probably not to the extent and level that, the uh, infiltrating society um, and it would massively impact them if people started to take control of their own health and if they started to use you know plant medicine as a healing modality what I will say to that is just to be super cautious you know I would never recommend going and doing it without feeling really called to it and secondly I would never do it um, without a really uh, experienced facilitator who can be there with you to help you go through the process. So 
um, mate, I think it's got a huge place in healing, growth, expansion, um, but there's a lot of red tape around, unfortunately, in particular in Australia. So how do you, if someone's interested in it, how do they typically find out more and know that hard. they've got a good, yeah, I'll bet. It's, mate, it's really hard um, for, for obvious reasons because most of it's illegal in Australia. It's really, it's an underground operation. So unless you know someone who's done it, it becomes really challenging to kind of get your foot in the door. And I remember, you know, initially wanting to do it and it took me ages to find the right opening um, because a lot of these guys, and understandably for so many reasons, are very cautious of, you know, recommending, like unless it was a personal recommendation, it would make sense not to, like, you know, if someone messaged me on Instagram and I don't know them personally, I'm not, I, there's no way that I would possibly recommend them just because, you know, someone might find themselves in trouble or it might not be a fit. So through personal recommendations is generally how this stuff happens. And, you know, overseas, the science is really clear, you know, whether it's John Hopkins Institute, whether it's the MAPS, you know, organisation that, that the science behind MBMA therapy, the science behind, you know, psilocybin psycho-assisted therapy is fucking mind-blowing. So the science is there. Um, again, we've just got to be mindful of what it looks like with this red tape and, you know, the, the uh, I'll say corruption, but I'll say it quietly, that happens within some of these organisations that block this stuff going through as well. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. Um, so what's next for you? Where are you going from here? Mate, it's, it's – uh, we're probably – going really more into um i mean for me i'm always growing learning and expanding which is so cool because so many of my clients get to come along for that ride um and beyond that you know we're loving the podcast and where it's going and, and probably the big add-on and the next step is retreats you know we, we put together a retreat for april and it sold out in like seven hours and then we kind of you know half sold the may one already um and you know after the last couple of years of not having much in-person staff, we really want to get back to that, you know, myself as an individual, but also me and my business partner. Um, and, you know, the, the last couple of years has, you know, has been obviously challenging for a lot of people. And for us, it's been a really good chance to just knuckle down and get good at our craft, you know, in between the two of us, because we actually live together as well. We've been able just to spend, you know, I'll say hundreds, but probably thousands of hours fine-tuning our craft, fine-tuning the way that we want to position ourselves in the world and, you know, getting really good at some of these kind of modalities that we use for our coaching, you know, and our, and our transformations. And that's always a work in progress. We're always evolving, but we're ready to really have some in-person impact, um, you know, whether that's retreats, you know, with April and May or whether that's some kind of in-person one-day events or something like that and, you know, loneliness is a serious epidemic that probably still isn't getting the attention that it deserves. And a big part of loneliness is, you know, having a lack of like-minded people. You know, you can have 100 people around you, but if you're on a different page, you're still going to feel a bit lonely. So we really want to be the catalyst for like-minded people getting together, having big transformations and experiences and, and connecting through, um, you know, like-minded interests. So where are your two retreats to in April and May? 
So in God's country, my friend, in uh, Byron, they're just up the road from us, which is awesome. Um, and, yeah, we've got crew coming in from, you know, around Australia, which is cool. A lot of our crew these days is actually up in Gold Coast. So, you know, the, the way that we position ourselves, um, both Genoa and I, both as a business and also individually, is, is you know, we want to be friends with our clients you know so whether it's some of the boys that we'll go to the footy with and then the next week we're talking about you know emotional intelligence like we want to be that those relatable guys who you know still do the kind of aussie things while still heavily invested and interested in you know personal development and healing and growth and expansion so it's it's a cool it's a cool world that we've set up for ourselves yeah it's very cool so how can people find out more about you, the retreats, the, the coaching, everything that you've got going on? How can people connect? Mate, the best way would be, like most people these days, is on Instagram, so at Blake Royal Thompson. Um, and I talk pretty often there about everything that's going on, whether it's programs, retreats. And hopefully, you know, you find something of value there, which is, you know, at the cornerstone of what I want to do is to provide value and, you know, if... My, my, my big thing always with um, coaching, whatever it looks like, whether it's a retreat, is just finding someone that's like-minded. You know, there's so many good coaches out there and it's really important that you find the right person for you. So if that's the case, awesome. If not, the very least that I hope I can do is provide some kind of uh, value for you on, on socials. Yeah, I think you're sharing some really cool stuff on Instagram. Um, Blake, I want to thank you, first of all, for your time on the Mind Your Body show. And I would love to acknowledge you for all of the work that you're doing, the burning to the ground that you went through in order to flourish and become nice and green and full of life again. Um, acknowledge you for the work you did um, and then for all of the help and support you give to other people. But it's not time to go just yet because now it's time for 10 and 10. So sit back, relax and get comfy because as you've been talking, I've been writing notes and awesome. I'm going to go through and get your first thought if you want to go on a tangent and talk for 10 minutes on any of these please feel free Sweet. to do so number one woo woo keen for all all of what it looks like <laughs> number two breaking your year up uh one of the best things that you can do to um review your life rinse make the necessary changes and repeat go again Number three, what does living your life by design mean? It means what is ever true for you and breaking away from the conditioning and programming that we're all uh, wrapped in in order to design the life and the way that you want it. Number four, morning routines. The single-handedly probably the most important thing that you can do is getting getting the morning routine right whether that's five minutes 50 minutes or if you're in a very fortunate position like i am five hours <laughs> that's a seriously long time that's a lot what, what do you do again what's what is this five hours encompass so five, so up at 5am for meditation and journaling and then six till eight is the gym home for food, do an hour of reading and checking with my girlfriend and then start the day at 10. Yeah, and what sort of reading is it? Whatever I'm kind of researching uh, at the moment. And, I mean, it's always kind of personal development, human behaviour. And because a lot of the guys that I work with have been with me for a long time, I always need to, to be upskilling and be one step ahead. So I'm always, I'm always on the tools in terms of reading and learning. 
Well, that's a credit to you, and that's well done of you for always trying to stay ahead of those. Got to, got to stay ahead, brother. Shut up. Number five, self care. Replace selfish with self care, and always make sure that you're filling your cup and you're giving from the overflow that is the cup. Number six, what is your why? My why is uh, my family. And they've all at different stages struggled with their own mental health. And I want to make sure that one, I don't individually again, and two, that I can have an impact on people to make sure that they don't go through the struggles that my family's been through. Number seven, men's health. Oh, sorry, men's business. Big, very big. And I'm mindful that I have a slight bias being in the men's space, but I feel like it's grown a lot over the last kind of three to four years. And I'm excited to see the growth over the next five years for everyone, for men and their mental health, but also for all the people that are in their worlds, whether it's girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, you know, everyone's impacted by men's mental health and at, at times the lack of mental health. So I'm excited to see this space evolve. Yeah. Number eight, plant medicine. Big. And I can't wait for the day that it becomes legalised in Australia. <laughs> Do you reckon that will happen? Do you think that? Again, there's a lot of red tape um, and I don't want to get kind of too political on it, but it'll be challenging to see it come through. But there's a lot of people trialling it and seeing the value in it. And if that means that it remains underground, it's, it's a space that's growing very quickly. Number nine is one word and it's love, but I'm going to change it a little bit. And I want to ask you a question. What is love to you? Great question. So love is, um, I look at love in a number of different ways. And I, I think if, when I really looked into it, I realized that a lot of what, society deems as love is questionable in terms of love has no boundaries love has no conditions and when we look at the way that love is done in society it comes with a contract it comes with conditions it comes with control and and none of that for me is the true essence of what love is love is endless unconditional um has no bounds and when you see it in its purest form, it's like, it's amazing. I'm pausing for a second there because I wanted that moment between you finishing talking and me starting to talk. Because <laughs> that right there is an Instagram reel that's going to promote that episode. That As soon as you started saying that, I was like, my goodness, this right here is Unreal. a promo. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Number 10 is the last question, and it's a generic question which I ask everybody. I'm really intrigued by this question. I love pondering it all the time. And it is, if you could go forward in time or back in time, which would you go to and why? And what point in time? This is also a time-traveling activity, so I'll talk a little bit while you're thinking. And it means you can come back to now. Because sometimes people go, oh, well, I don't want to go forward in the future and then get stuck and I'll come back and see my family and friends. So you can time travel, but you can only go. Someone comes along with the DeLorean and they're like, hey, Blake, you can go forward a time and back a time. Where do you want to go to? But you can only go once. So where would it be? I'd probably go back into that 15 months and just let myself know that this is amazing for me. And it'll be one of the, the most pivotal things I ever go through and just to allow myself to be like, okay, I'm going to ride this wave. That's where I'd go. That's, 
that's really interesting. You don't normally hear anyone mm. say anything like that. So yeah, because I mean, I want to like, it was well, it, it got dark. It got really dark. You know, the, the the thought of like the thought of ending my life because I didn't know what I was going through and I had no one to talk to about it. You know, like all it took was one person to explain to me what I was going through or one person to potentially have even been through it and I would have been just like, oh, this is just a really challenging stage of my life but it's going to be valuable. But no one in anywhere in my environment at that stage could um, communicate that to me. So I was like, like, fuck, this is, this is my life, this is it. So to have that voice be, mate, this is just that night of soul, it's a new initiation, you burn everything down to the ground, it's going to be better after. I would have been like, cool, I'll ride it. So you kind of answered this there, but let's just say Blake in the, at that age and Blake right now, if they're two different people, Blake right now jumps in the DeLorean, goes oh, to that point in good. time and he he's sits good. there, what would that look like? What would it feel like? What would it sound like? But what would that interaction look like, these two guys who are the same person? There, there'd be a... Um, there'd be an unwavering sense that everything's going to be all right. That's the difference. There'd be an unwavering sense that everything's going to be all right and, and there'd be ups and downs and my nervous system would be challenged at times and I'd be depressed and anxious and everything that comes in that. But I'd always come back to this baseline of like, everything's going to be all right. That's awesome. And I don't know how to end that any better. So Blake, <laughs> this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Mind Your Body Show. Appreciate you for having me, Jacob. Thank you for joining us today on the Mind Your Body Show. If you would like to connect, please head on over to Instagram and follow us at Jacob underscore Andre. And you can get all of our show notes as well as all of our other episodes from the Mind Your Body Show over on my website at jacobandre.com as well as the blog articles, which I write on a regular basis and a whole bunch of other really cool tips, tricks and actionable strategies to help you maximize your performance so you can succeed at the top level. Thank you again and I'll see you soon.